Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walking Dead Now. Want to welcome everyone here tonight. Hope you could spend the next hour with us. If you're joining us for the first time and you want more information about our show, please visit our website at deadtalklive.com. And as always, if you haven't already done so, please visit us on YouTube. Our channel's name is called Walking Dead Now. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already done so. And if you're there right now, please go ahead and click the old thumbs up button. Want to welcome all of our viewers tonight. Like I said, I hope you could spend the next hour with us. Let's turn over to Instagram first tonight. Want to welcome KB, Leandro, uh, Raquel, Adam Foster is with us tonight. Uh, Mary Martins 42. Let's see, Samperson, welcome Samperson. CC Wheezy is joining us. Uh, Saz is going to be handling the text chats. And Marco is also here with us tonight, as is Marie on Instagram. And right away, I could tell that the YouTube chats are frozen. I have no idea when YouTube's going to get around to fixing this, but hopefully it'll be soon. Uh, Matayas is joining us on YouTube. Welcome, as is Santiago. Uh, so welcome everybody to the broadcast. I see Jennifer and John Wesley are joining us from Facebook as well. So we have another ex exciting guest announcement to make. Uh, Michael Trainer, who portrayed Nicholas on seasons five and six of The Walking Dead, is going to be our special guest right here on Dead Talk Live on Sunday, September 13th. And we are thrilled. Uh, Michael is an amazing actor. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. The characters that just make you feel like a, oh, towards them. Uh, like Nicholas, who was a coward and a weasel and got Noah killed. It's because the actor is so good at his job or her job at portraying them the way they were written to be portrayed. And we are very lucky to have Michael joining us on Sunday, September 13th. And as always, guys, uh, go check out our website. Our guest list is growing huge. And uh, if you want to ask a question to any one of our upcoming guests, uh, we are accepting text questions uh, or video questions. You can video yourself asking a question and submit it. Uh, just go to our website, hit the submission link on the menu bar, and fill out the form. And uh, make sure you list which guest your question is for so we ask it to the right person. But anyways, we are all very excited to be joined by Michael on Sunday the 13th. Uh, Teresa is with us from South Mississippi. Welcome, Teresa. Jennifer Lutz is also with us on Facebook, as is Mario. Let's see over to the YouTube side. I'm a white boy joining us. Welcome. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, just scrolling through the different chats here. So, you've guys heard me mentioning now since the weekend about uh, the Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, John Bernthal audition tapes. 
and the casting director trying to decide who's going to get what part, who's going to get the main role of Rick Grimes, who's going to get Daryl Dixon, who's going to get Merle Dixon, who's going to get Shane. Well, finally, I gathered the clips and I combined them. I posted it to our social media several hours ago, but uh, those who have not seen it, I have it right now and I'm going to be playing it for all you guys. And we could all check this out and pay attention to John Bernthal's hair. I love it. Shane Walsh. I love his hair. Uh, you know, this is like the year 2008, 2009, but definitely a 90s flashback when you look at John's hair. Anyway, check out the video. There's not a lot of dialogue in that first pilot episode. So you had to immediately connect with the character and whoever this was going to be. I'm sorry this happened to you. We knew he was the leader and going to be going through so much. <laughs> Casting Rick was definitely the obvious person to start with. And we did a lot of searching. We auditioned a lot of wonderful actors. Interestingly enough, John Bernthal came in and read for both Rick and Shane. You see the frame photos on the wall? Huh? Well, neither do I. You think some, some random thief took those two? Now all of our photo albums, our family pictures, they're all gone. John Bernthal has a little bit more of a bad boy quality to him. And I think that that really worked well with Shane. We really put him through the ringer testing for two roles. And he ended up getting the role he was meant to get. What are the odds, huh? We didn't get Rick from that first initial test, and we went back to the drawing board. Anybody out there, anybody hears me, please respond. I was spending a late night going through my list of actors I love and I had kept for myself as a young assistant. And, oh, Andrew Lincoln. I, I really liked his work. Yeah, that's me. I mean, we'd all seen him in Love Actually, but, you know, I had seen a couple of other things he had done. You're like, oh my God, oh my God. Brilliant! Is that right? Yeah, baby. Mm. The next morning, I reached out to his British agent and sent him all the material. And Andrew self-taped. And we all huddled around our computer, and we opened it up, and we watched it. And I just remember all of us just taking it in and being like, They're alive. My wife and son. At least they were when they left. Something clicked in his audition when he was talking to Morgan. It was Rick, and we could sense it. It was like he had, he had the qualities we were really looking for. A real hero that could guide us through what was happening to the world, and somebody that could then, we could see that good person changed. All I am anymore is a man looking for his wife and son. Anybody gets in the way of that's gonna lose. Auditions for me was Norman Reedus. We're going to have ourselves a little powwow, people. Talk about who's in charge. I vote me. It's democracy. Now, let's see a show of hands. All in favor? Good. That means I'm the boss, right? Yeah. Anybody else? Hmm. Anybody? Yeah. They loved him. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't the perfect fit. They just gets better and better, don't it? Luckily, we have really smart producers who saw the quality in him. And I remember they talked about the pain in his eyes that he was vulnerable enough to show. No! No! 
everyone loved him. And then, of course, uh, the role of Daryl was was made for him. Sounds like it. So there you guys have it. I mean, I love it. I love that backstory on how everyone got the roles they got. You saw uh, right in the beginning there, John Bernthal, uh, when he was talking Rick's lines, when he walks into the house and explaining how the pictures were gone off the wall and that's how he knew Lori was still alive. That hair. Oh, man. Uh Somebody mentioned Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, Keanu Reeves. Uh, definitely Keanu Reeves. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Point Break. That's the kind of hair. I loved it. <laughs> I loved getting that background info. I thought it was amazing just to find out, you know, uh, the fact that Andrew Lincoln, uh, he was over in the UK and he recorded himself auditioning for the role of Rick Grimes. And he sent the file over to the uh, casting directors and as well as the producers. And they ultimately decided, you know, Andrew Lincoln, that's our hero. That's going to be Rick Grimes. Uh, John Bernthal has that bad boy thing about him. He's going to be Shane. And uh, Daryl Dixon is going to Norman Reedus. And I think we all love those decisions. They all worked out pretty damn amazingly. And it really, you know, I really wish, even though Shane turned bad in season two, we all love Shane. Uh, Shane has left a permanent imprint on all our fans, on all of us fans of The Walking Dead. And he will forever be, even though his stint only lasted two seasons, he will always be a huge part of the Walking Dead uh, family. So, a lot of new people have come into Instagram. Welcome to all of you. Uh, welcome, Evelyn is uh, with us. Turtle is giving us uh, green hearts on Instagram. Lindsay Sparks is joined us. Jennifer and John giving us love it hearts. So... Let's move on to the next thing. Let me check YouTube real quick. Uh, Gypsy Road is with us as the only other perfect hire would have been if they would have hired me. <laughs> what role would you be, Gypsy? Uh, I'm a white boy, writes, John was great in The Wolf of Wall Street. He was. Chunky Spaghetti is with us on YouTube saying that was very amazing. Summer has also joined us on YouTube as well. So, moving on to the next thing, guys. Uh, Screen Rant ranked uh, every episode of Season 5 in The Walking Dead. Uh, I know some of you have not watched it, or at least not up to Season 5, if you are currently binge-watching it. So, we're not going to give away too many spoilers. But we're just going to run through this list on uh, how Screen Rant ranked the episodes in Season 5. And they used IMDB and IMDB's rating system to help come up with this list. Lindsay Sparks writes, I love your t-shirt, Viz. Thank you so much, Lindsay. So, the first one on the list is episode 15, 
Uh, the penultimate episode of a series like this one is usually the best of the season, but in this case, it was actually considered the worst. So they reckon this is number 10. Uh, well, not number 10, number 16 on the list. The focus is on Grace and how much sicker she is getting. Uh, the next on the list is uh, episode 5 called Channel 4. This is the episode where the landmines, where Morgan risks his life to help a mother and her son who desperately needs medication. This is episode 9. Sorry, I made a mistake earlier when I said it's episode 5. But the whole concept of the group documenting their adventures as, as though it was a reality. Next on the list is the finale, episode 16. While there was a cliffhanger ending that had fans talking, the episode was strange. The group flips between desperately wanting to fight back against Virginia and wanting to give up. It's also revealed that Grace... Well, I'm just going to leave it right there for that. Uh, next on the list is episode 11. I'm trying to not give out too many fear spoilers for people that are binge-watching and are trying to get caught up. And if you guys have not seen Fear, please, I urge you, watch the show. Uh, if you feel like quitting after the first season, don't. It has become an amazing show, so please give it a chance. So the next one on the list is episode 11, uh, called You're Still Here. One of the lower rated episodes, this is one uh, with Alicia, and her mental anguish and trying to find her place in the group. It also introduces Wes. Logan, meanwhile, continues to be a threat and won't back down until his group, until the group tells him where the oil, field, oil fields are. Next, we have episode 12. Uh, taking place in a synagogue, the group encounters a rabbi who has been surviving by himself this whole time and is excited for the same for some company. Logan and his men continue to torment the group and finally discover the location of the oil rigs. Alright, next we have episode 14. The crew is now staying at Virginia's compound and she is trying to sell them on joining her cause. But they suspect that it's not all it's cracked up to be and with this odd woman and her cult-like group. Up next, episode 6, named after the popular children's book, The Little Prince. The group is still trying to reassemble their plane so they can escape and take the kids with them. It's more of an in-between-the-action episode, showing the group trying desperately to rebuild, practice their skills, and make new friends. Alright, next up, episode 10. 210 words per minute is what it's called. The group continues their mission to help others, this time making their way to a shopping mall. And I uh, recently re-watched this episode, and I loved that a Walking Dead Universe episode uh, show episode took a place in a mall very reminiscent to dawn of the dead 
the original Dawn of the Dead as well as the remake. Uh, both are very good. So, I love that they brought The Walking Dead into a mall. And I can almost guarantee you that mall uh, location was not an accident. They picked it as sort of a tribute to Dawn of the Dawn of the Dead, George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. It's also the episode where Morgan and Grace grow closer, though Morgan is finding it difficult to accept his feelings towards her. And we could tell that at the end of the episode when they're going their separate ways and they're crying because they are starting to develop feelings for each other. Next on the list is episode 13, Leave What You Don't. The character of Virginia is polarizing. Some viewers love her and others are irritated by her. Nonetheless, in this episode, she takes over as the new primary antagonist taking out Logan and his entire crew. Viewers also learn the primary motivations for Logan's actions, and it turns out he was once a good guy after all. You know, in my opinion, Logan was never really a bad, bad guy. Not that he did good stuff, but if I was Morgan or Luciana, or Alicia, or Dwight. I'm like, Logan, I mean, compared to the other people these characters have been up against, Logan was sort of kind of small potatoes. Anyway, next on the list is episode 7. As the group gets closer and closer to their impending power plant meltdown, getting the plane up and running becomes a crucial matter of literal life and death. Meanwhile, Alicia discovers that it was the kids who were setting up barricades of walkers to scare people away all along. Most important from this episode is that Alicia gets splashed with the blood of a likely radioactive walker, which means that she could be infected with the radiation poisoning and could be dying. Next is The End of Everything, Episode 7. Finally, viewers got to find out what happened to Althea. She has been missing up until this point. Turns out she was captured by a CRM soldier who is clearly from another community far away. And this is just one of the most crucial episodes in this past season of Fear the Walking Dead and how it relates to The Walking Dead, and also how it's going to ultimately relate into the upcoming Rick Grimes movies. We get a look at the CRM, uh, some of their equipment, their kick-ass bodysuits that are bite-proof, uh, a little bit about their mission, how secretive they are, and so on. She and Althea end up striking a bond and fall for one another romantically, and Al learns more about the mysterious place she's from as well as where to get fuel. Alright, we're almost to the end. Next on the list is episode 2, The Hurt Will Happen. Daniel and Strand meet again face-to-face -face in an epic showdown. This is uh, since... 
Strand shot Daniel in the face. Strand tries to apologize and plead with Daniel for his help with the plane, but Daniel wants nothing to do with them. Can't blame him. The group also discovers that Al is missing. This episode marks the introduction of Grace in her hazmat suit, who informs Morgan and Alicia about the power plant meltdown and helps decontaminate them. Alright, next on the list is Here to Help. The most exciting part of this episode was the return of fan-favorite character Daniel Salazar, played by the wonderful Ruben Blades, who was absent the entire previous season, presumed dead. While Morgan looks at one of Al's tapes, he shockingly sees Daniel. Next, episode 3. One of the three highest rated episodes of the season. The name is in reference to a western style theme park franchise that mimicked western frontier towns. The title was Humbug's Gulch. John Dor- That's where John Dory worked pre-apocalypse. Which is why he's such a good trick shot artist. And just one of the scenes where... Uh, he ends up taking down two walkers with a single bullet and a little bit of help from Dwight holding up an axe. And that was a great trick. Uh, episode 4 is next on the list, called Skidmark. That's the name of Daniel's cat. Uh, any episode centered around Daniel is bound to be a popular one. And indeed, that was the case with this episode which was named after Daniel's trusty sidekick, his cat. The group chats with the kids while Daniel makes an unlikely friend in Charlie and shows Strand he is still in charge. And we are getting to the end. Okay, next to the last is, is anybody out there? Actually, this is the last one, sorry. So number one on the list is episode eight. The mid-season finale called, Is Anybody Out There? The race against the clock continues in this episode of the popular show as the power plant meltdown has begun and the plane is still not repaired yet. And once it's ready, the group desperately wants to go, but John and Dwight haven't made it back yet. It's an intense episode filled with emotion and action so there you guys have it episode uh, season five of fear of the walking dead the episodes ranked according to imdb ratings from worst to best so let me see what's going on uh throughout the chats uh cat has joined us welcome cat uh gypsy road writes because morgan helped rick out from the first season then he learned how to fight with a stick. Uh, it was another guy, not Rick, that taught him how to fight with the stick. And uh, also taught him a lot and actually brought him back to sanity. Because as we all remember, Morgan was batshit crazy. He was way out of his mind. So let's move on. Uh, so how close are... Norman Reedus and Andrew Lincoln in real life. Even though the general public knows 
the actors pretend to be different people, it can be far too easy to get wrapped up in the characters they play. For example, who among us hasn't found themselves wishing that the actors that brought their favorite on-screen couples to life found love in one another's arms in real life? As the time of this, at the time of this writing, The Walking Dead has aired 10 seasons and fans have gotten to watch five seasons of Fear the Walking Dead. Even though the two shows have aired so many hours of television and featured so many different characters, there is little doubt that the franchise's best friends have been Rick Grimes and Daryl Dixon. As the two actors that brought those characters to life, it makes sense that the fans want to know whether or not Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus are pals away from the cameras. Years before Norman Reedus began starring in The Walking Dead, he first rose to prominence when he starred in one of the biggest cult movies of all time, The The Bondonk Saints. After that initial success, Reedus went on to show up in a slew of TV shows and movies like Blade 2, Deuces, Wild, and American Gangster. He was also in another movie earlier to that, much, much smaller role with Nicolas Cage uh, called 8mm. That's not listed here, but he had a very small role in that movie as well. For his part, Andrew Lincoln's biggest claim to pre-The Walking Dead fame was his leading role in the movie Love Actually, a film that has gone on to be seen as a Christmas classic. Unfortunately for Lincoln, most people believe his character's storyline is quite creepy today, and for good reason. Given the fact that the average public doesn't get to see what goes on behind the scenes of their favorite TV shows, they are often are left wondering whether or not co-stars get along. Guys, got to keep in mind, working on a set is no different than whatever your workplace is. There are some work colleagues you get along great with, and there are just some others you have to tolerate. In the case of Norman Reedus and Andrew Lincoln, however, the two actors made it clear that they were the best of friends during the time starring in The Walking Dead. As it turns out, one of the best indicators of their friendship is the fact that Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus love pranking the shit out of each other. For example, there was the time that Reedus tried to force a bunch of goats into Lincoln's trailers. Trailer. Now, where did he get goats from? That's my question. Where the hell did he get goats from? Even better, Lincoln once asked Reedus to teach him how to say thank you for having me in your country in Japanese. Instead, Reedus tricked Lincoln into asking, where's the toilet on live TV? Now, that's mean. It's funny as shit, but that's mean. (laughs) Anyway, they're great friends. I think we all knew that. Uh, Even though Andrew is not on the show anymore, uh, 
I've read and we've all heard that they're still in constant contact with each other, and so on. Um, Fifty Shades has joined us on Instagram. Nerdiest Geek is also with us on Instagram. Uh, Team Faraz is with us as well. Uh, let's see, just going through the chats. Let me scroll over to the YouTube side. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, Tariq has joined us. Welcome, Tariq. So, let's move on. There's actually a lot of articles that came out uh, in the last 24 hours. Now, I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but starting this month, I believe sometime next week or so, AMC is going to start airing what they're calling the Walking Dead episode diaries. With the anticipation swirling for the season 10 finale coming in October, showrunner Angela Kang announced the Walking Dead episode diaries during the season 1 beginnings marathon on AMC, which was just this past Sunday. Premiering during the encore airings of The Walking Dead, the episode diaries will take fans of the show on a journey of the behind-the-scenes of the 10th season, airing never-before-seen footage that includes interviews from the cast and crew members such as Norman Reedus, Samantha Morton, who played Alpha, Cooper Andrews, who plays Jerry, uh, Thora Birch, who played Gamma slash Mary, among others that are all remotely recorded. The mini featurettes begin airing Sunday, September 6th. So that's this Sunday. Only on AMC, leading up to the season finale that we're all waiting for, which is going to be in four weeks from this Sunday, on October 4th. The date is coming, guys. It's almost here. We finally get to see the finale. Lindsay Sparks on Facebook writes, Andrew Lincoln made a guest appearance on Norman Reedus's ride show. Yes, he did. So have a whole bunch of other cast members as well as other uh, personalities and celebrities. Uh, so... Uh, those featurettes, the diaries, if you guys are really into the whole behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, they should be really interesting to watch. I know I'm going to be look I'm looking forward to watching them. Epic Zombie Killer is with us on YouTube. Uh, Zombie Killer writes, I've been having a marathon of The Walking Dead. Watch season one, two, three already. And uh, one of my one of my sons is also re-binging them as well. He is up to he just saw Knots on Tie, which is season six, episode eleven. That's where the group first gets introduced to Hilltop by Jesus. Also, where Rick makes the worst decision of his character's arc, and where he agrees to kill this group of unknown people called the Saviors, led by someone by the name of Negan, and boy was that a huge ass mistake on Rick's part. So, we all know what that uh, ended up resulting in. 
Not good. Not good at all. Next article on the list. Does Negan really deserve to be quote-unquote nice? Negan, performed brilliantly by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Negan has been on the road to redemption for a while, but it seems legitimate knowing his past to wonder if he really deserves his redemption and to be integrated into Alexandria's group. Maggie Maggie returns in episode 16 of The Walking Dead season 10 and she could remind the group of the traumas that Negan suffered when he well the group traumas that they suffered at the hands of Negan when he arrived the former leader of the saviors didn't just kill two people he mostly forced a whole group to kneel down to better torture them and impose his power Negan took pleasure in killing Glenn with a bat and even before that he knowingly terrorized his nemesis Rick by blocking him from all sides and setting him setting a terrible trap that led them into that clearing in the woods where we all know what happened. Can we therefore really consider that Negan has lost his psychopathic inclinations? I don't I never believed Negan was a psychopath. The governor was a psychopath. If you're going by just a true definition of what a psychopath is, I never believed that Negan was a psychopath. Besides, psychopath is not something that is treatable. It's not. It's not treatable. You can't take someone who lacks the ability to feel any kind of remorse and there is no medication or therapy treatment to bring that back into someone. So I definitely disagree with them calling him a psychopath. He was never a psychopath. Uh, maybe borderline sociopath at one point. Maybe. Anyway, welcome Bree Nicole. Bree Nicole is with us on Facebook. Welcome Bree. Cat writes, uh, let's see. Cat is responding to Chunky Spaghetti. Uh, says, I notice whenever they get a chance to relax or settle down, something bad happens to shake things up. Gypsy writes, Negan had brains. He always had a plan. He did. He was smart. Again, complete opposite opposite of the governor, who was emotional and impulsive. So, there you guys have it. Uh, just to finish off this article, even though he put himself in danger several times to rescue Judith and Lydia, Negan, Negan, has a heavier past than most of the Walking Dead characters. Yes, because even if Rick also killed his share of survivors, we have never seen him take pleasure in doing so and knowingly torture people just for the sake of it. Negan's journey is therefore undoubtedly even longer than we imagine, and it is clear that some characters will surely never forget everything he has put them through. And I believe Negan's biggest redemption step was not killing Alpha. That was just the beginning. I think in this finale that we're going to get on October 4th, the way they're going to defeat 
the Whisperers, whichever way that may be, Negan is going to play a big role in that. Uh, that is my opinion, and I feel really confident that he's going to be playing a big role. Fifty Shades on Instagram writes, Negan is my favorite next to Daryl. How can you not love uh, J.D. Morgan and his portrayal of Negan? I think it's awesome. C.C. Weezy on Instagram writes, Negan is very intelligent. I think he studies the art of war. He's very smart, and he does always think two or three steps ahead. Remember, he was the one that told Alpha that the traitor was within their group and uh, that she should look at uh, um, Gamma as being the traitor. He figured it out on his own, and he's the one who told Alpha just to get into her good graces. Epic Zombie Killer on YouTube writes, I wish Shane and Andrea left, then Season 3 Andrea would not have happened. Chunky Spaghetti on YouTube writes, Hear me out. Do the same plan as when they took to prison because all the supplies there, I would have done that. Uh, Saz writes, He punished people for a reason. They broke his rules. It was his way or no way. That's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Andrew Valentine with us on Instagram is giving us a thumbs up. As is, as is Pardeep on Instagram. So, moving along here, guys. AMC is reportedly having trouble with the scripts of the Walking Dead movies. And we have touched on this several times in the past. How they want to make the movies be that if somebody never watched a single episode of The Walking Dead, whether it's in the movie theater where these movies come out or on AMC TV themselves, that they can be completely, you know, they can understand what's going on in the movie story without having to watch a single episode which is an extremely difficult thing to accomplish. Anyway, the article goes on to say, the scripts will, of course, follow former series protagonist Rick Grimes. After separating himself from the group indefinitely, Rick, who many on the show think is deceased, has now set his eyes on fresh adventures, which according to AMC creatives, will reveal an entirely new side of his character. Plot details are still scarce, but reportedly he'll get mixed up with a group of crazy scientists who are working on developing a cure for the zombie virus. That's part of the CRM group, the Civic Republic military. As far as the movies are concerned, it seems AMC may have bitten off more than they can chew here with the coronavirus pandemic having halted production of film and television, it'll take them a while before they can produce them. And of course, the network also has an 11th season of The Walking Dead in development. Not to mention, they still have to air the finale episode of the 10th season. Suffice it to say, they've got their hands full and from our fan stand uh, point of view, 
that gives us a lot to look forward to. Still, that may just be exactly the point. Speaking at Comic-Con, Robert Kirkman, the comic book writer who created the series' core storyline and central characters, and who's intimately involved with the film's development, said he doesn't want anyone to think that we're just kind of waiting around for this pandemic to end. With any luck, then the network will be able to get the scripts up to scratch so that development on the Walking Dead movies can begin sooner rather than later. After all, there are millions and millions of fans out there just itching to see more of Rick, and I can personally attest to that. Uh, the amount of messages that I receive every day in regards to Rick Grimes is insane. Anyway, uh, going back to uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he apparently was disappointed with a scene that was cut in uh, from Negan's character. The Walking Dead has taken a lot of great moments from the comic books, but J.D. Morgan, who plays Negan, wishes that one moment would have made would have made it that did get overlooked lucille as the walking dead fans will know all too well was the barbed wire baseball bat wielded by negan however negan no longer has that bat on the show he has lucille part two as what i like to call it so that moment in the comics uh, did Morgan miss out on? Uh, well, it happens to be Lucille's death. In the comic books, Lucille stayed by Negan's side a lot longer than it did in the series. In fact, Negan was still wielding Lucille by the time the Whisperers rolled around in the graphic novels. Negan uses Lucille to beat and bludgeon Beta but the bat breaks due to the force. He doesn't kill Beta. It's Aaron in the comic books that ultimately kills Beta. In the comic books, Negan ends up holding a heartfelt and emotional funeral for the bat, which effectively is the long-awaited goodbye to his late wife, whom he named the bat after. Speaking on the Walking Dead panel again at Comic-Con, uh, Morgan said the comic book, uh, he said in the comic book when he loses Lucille, I missed that scene. We never got to do that scene and I always loved it. Morgan added that kind of emotional cause Lucille represents so much to him beyond a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire and I always loved that. But we've moved so kind of far away from that at this point. It is still possible that we could see things play out on the screen between Negan and Beta when the Walking Dead finale airs. Uh, shoot, who's to say that there isn't an extra bat laying around somewhere too? Well, he does have Lucille Part 2, as I like to call her. So, they could still do that scene using... Not the original Lucille, but the second Lucille. Uh, like Morgan went on to describe, it's not the bat itself. It's the bat representing uh, the memory of his late wife. 
Lindsay Sparks on Facebook writes, I agree with you, Viz. J.D. Morgan is fabulous as Negan. Uh, Lynn Montenegro is uh, with us on Facebook. Evelyn Elizabeth, Ibrahim, Faye, Javi, Sunny are all giving us a thumbs up. Juan is giving us a smiley love face. Pablo says uh, Negan is very crazy. Juan, uh, oh, I said giving us a smiley love face. Let me flip over to the YouTube side. Um, Summer says AMC needs to go ahead and hire Cat to write the scripts. And let me, let me write the love scene of Rishon. <laughs> and Chucky Spaghetti agrees with Summer. Cat uh, is an amazing writer, but Cat's our writer. And, uh, you know, she works for us. <laughs> uh, we'd be lost without Cat and her writing on our show. So, uh, like I said, there was a lot of news today. I wasn't kidding about that. And we're already 45, min 45 minutes into today's show, and we haven't even started our base topic, which is the best comic relief moments on The Walking Dead. So because of the amount of uh, good, interesting articles that came out over the last 24 hours, I may have to end up pushing, or more than likely I'm going to uh, push to... Uh, the best comic relief topic to spread it out start it today and finish it tomorrow so just giving you guys a heads up on that so the next thing is the walking dead boss may have just teased a big character death someone's bound to die in the delayed finale no doubt about that one firstly that's what this show tends to do to end the run with a bang and also it's titled a certain doom so it's unlikely that it's going to fade out on everyone having a picnic but who could have who could be that un, who could be that unlike unlucky survivor well that's difficult to say given the penultimate episode left practically everyone in dire straits surrounded by beta's walker walker army but maybe something's uh, been slipped to tell us their identity. During the Walking Dead virtual panels again at Comic-Con, Chief Content Officer Scott Gimple was asked how the children are going to fare in the finale. The uh, executive producer assured fans that Judith and RJ are going to be okay, but he indicated that we should be more worried about the person who's meant to be taking care of them. Judith is taking care of herself fine, even taking care of her younger brother, RJ. Anybody who gets in uh, that, you know, guardian position of the, of the two kids uh, winds up suffering a very bad fate. I'm just saying I'm not as worried about RJ and Judith as the person taking care of them, Scott Gimple goes on to say. And who's taking care of them? Well, in the, fin in the finale's opening minutes, as released during Comic-Con, we, we see Father Gabriel comforting a worried RJ and Gracie with his talk of all the different groups coming together to form a fist to beat the Whisperers with. 
having him be the one to deliver this uplifting speech to kick off the finale is pretty damning when you think about it. Plus, according to how things go in the comics, Gabriel's on borrowed time anyway. On the on the uh, on the page, Gab- Gabriel panics, slips from the tower, ends up dying. But I've said this before. This is no big mystery. And a lot of you have agreed with me. Uh, In fact, I don't remember a person disagreeing with me. I truly believe that this finale is going to be Father Gabriel's last episode on The Walking Dead. He has become a staple on the show now uh, for a long, long time. Uh, We saw him as a weasel in the beginning a traitor in Alexandria. He has done a full, you know, turnaround and has become a badass. He's the leader of Alexandria's council. He is in a relationship with Rosita, who really is having some bad luck with men. Abraham, Sadiq, now she's going to lose Father Gabriel as well. So, Rosita is having the same luck with men as Carol has with children on The Walking Dead. So, I feel bad for Rosita. So, Stenningo uh, writes, I 100% agree, Viz. Let's see what the people on YouTube are saying. Saz writes, my predictions for the finale. I'll be swearing a lot. I'll be crying. I'll be saying, oh my God, a lot. And guys, Saz does reactions uh, to The Walking Dead on her channel. So when the finale does air for her, she's in the UK. It's going to be airing the following day, Monday, October 5th. But by the time we go on live that night, I think she should have watched it unless she's planning. I don't know, Saz, are you planning on watching it live? and doing your reactions or are you planning on watching it a little bit later on on the dvr uh i've wanted to ask you that question for a while now let me know if you are actually planning on watching it live while recording your reactions to the finale emij on youtube writes i think rosita should have chosen eugene in the end eugene really loves her Yeah, but I think she lost her opportunity with Eugene. Eugene now has a thing with uh, Stephanie, who is going to be played by the very talented and beautiful Margot Bingham. Uh, That's the actress who's going to be playing Stephanie, the voice that we've been hearing on the radio that Eugene has been talking to pretty much all season. Chunky Spaghetti on YouTube also writes, Aaron's development was really good. And my name is Aaron, too. Well, there you go. Uh, Stenningo writes, I will try to watch it live on the 5th, also in the UK. Um, Kat writes, I'm having a friend over to watch on Fox around lunchtime on Monday. Okay, that sounds good. Is it aired live in Australia on Monday, Kat? Or is Australia, is it aired in Australia on Sundays like it is uh, here in the U.S.? 
So uh, let's see. Slow is waving at us on uh, Instagram. Teja Rocky is saying hello. Hello back. Sakti is giving us a thumbs up on Instagram as well. Uh, just lost my Instagram feed. Let me bring it back up. Uh, EMIJ goes on to say, oops, sorry about Eugene and Stephanie, LOL. <laughs> yeah, forgot about Stephanie there for a while. Uh, Lindsay on Facebook says, I agree with you, Viz. Trixie is with us on Facebook saying good morning. Good morning to you too, Trixie. Michelle Moreno is also with us on Facebook. So we have a few minutes, guys. I'm going to be uh, finishing starting in the last few moments here and finishing tomorrow the best comic relief moments on The Walking Dead. We're going to look at some of the best comic relief moments throughout the series and the characters who provided those moments. And guys, if you think of something that I haven't thought about in this list, please chime in with your thoughts. Let's start with a few comic relief moments that we see coming from a character who made us laugh, fall in love with, and of course cry. And that is Glenn. If you all remember Glenn's character when we first met him, yeah, he revealed to Daryl that he delivered pizzas before the apocalypse because when they're stuck in that shopping center in Atlanta, it was Glenn who came up with the plan on how to retrieve the guns and get a way to get out from being stuck inside that shopping plaza. And when he's mapping out where everyone should go in his plan, Daryl looks up at him and says, what did you do before this? And Glenn's response is, delivered pizza why <laughs> now i bet the scene gave you guys a you know kind of a laugh just a serious way that daryl asked that question and just the nonchalant way that glenn answered it i delivered pizza like you know is there a problem here uh obviously daryl was so impressed by glenn's plan that when Glenn said he delivered pizza before all this, it did sound quite comical. Anyway, so Glenn was young, innocent. He was the go-to guy, but he was absolutely terrible at keeping secrets. In fact, his tendency to spill the beans became a big part of the comic relief we saw in season two. Everybody turned to Glenn for keeping stuff quiet. Remember Lori asked Glenn to get the pregnancy test uh, at, the, at the convenience store with Maggie and uh, he didn't know what it looked like. He didn't know where to find it. And Lori had to go into detail to explain to him where to get it. So I'm going to stop right there with Glenn because we go on to list all the secrets that he was just terrible at keeping, starting with season two of The Walking Dead. And I don't want to start the Glenn part and have to stop it, because there really is some good stuff in there. So we're going to pick this up again tomorrow, and we're going to complete this topic. So it's going to be a two-parter. Like I said, we had a whole bunch of interesting articles that came out over the last 24 hours. Uh, let's see what's going on on YouTube. Devon writes, do you think Aaron is a good character? I love Aaron. 
I don't want anything to happen to Aaron. I love Aaron's character. Ross Marquand is awesome. Kat writes, that is uh, what we hope. It's Sunday in the U.S. on our Monday. That's right. You guys are a day ahead. Kat also writes, uh, doing time traveling. Uh, Devon Russell on YouTube writes, Chunky Spaghetti, that's cool. And I hope Aaron gets more badass scenes in season 11. I hope so, too. He's had some pretty good badass. And as he described to Michonne on that bridge when he was just fed up with the Whisperers and he went all rogue without Michelle taking out those walkers on that bridge, he said it best. He says, I'm tired of being the nice guy. He has figured out that being the nice guy in the zombie apocalypse doesn't get you very far and he's tired of it and you know aaron is one of the few people when the group was brought into alexandria since him and eric were the ones that were doing the scouting to try to bring in new recruits into alexandria and it's because of aaron that rick and the gang got picked to ultimately end up in Alexandria. Aaron was the one guy that had an inkling out of all the Alexandrians of what happens outside their safe walls. Uh, it was him and Eric. And that sort of leads into what the World Beyond story is going to be about. These young kids, teenagers, are going to venture out out of the safety of their compound behind walls uh, to find someone. We're going to know more about it once the show premieres right before The Walking Dead on October 4th. So be sure not to miss that as well. I've said it before, World Beyond is going to be critical if you are planning on watching the Rick Grimes movies, which I'm sure everybody watching this is definitely planning on watching the Rick Grimes movies. So, it was Aaron. Aaron was the one who had an inkling on what happens outside the walls. Not fully. He didn't fully comprehend it like Rick and his group, but he had somewhat of an idea. Anyway, guys, I'm going to end it right there for tonight. We are out of time. You guys have been amazing as always. Uh, please visit our website right up there, deadtalklive.com. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, we are looking for people to join our team. Go to our website. Uh, it's go to whatever section you want. You can see our featured episodes. We have a whole page dedicated to our upcoming guests. Submit your videos, your questions for our upcoming guests. And there's a section if you're interested in joining our team to apply and uh, let us know how you want to help us out here on Dead Talk Live as well as Walking Dead Now. Be sure, and be sure and go ahead and visit us on YouTube. Our channel's name is called Walking Dead Now. Please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already done so. The video I played for you guys earlier, uh, the, the audition tapes, is available throughout all our social media platforms. That's YouTube, Facebook instagram and twitter 
It's uh, it's posted everywhere for you guys to check out. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night. Same time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. You guys take care and stay walking. <laughs>